This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Good afternoon. Bear down, baby. Yes, Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch Take the North on the 670 score YouTube page. I am David Hoff on the Mullion Haw Show. Dan Weeder is from the Chicago Tribune. This is the week, the bridge week between the end of the NFL combine and the beginning of free agency. This is, as we have said, and as the radio promos project, the biggest offseason, maybe <laughs> in Bears history. Dan, there's a lot going on. We're going to do use this episode to kind of discuss some of the top priorities in free agency, debate that a little bit, also talk about the quarterback carousel that continues to spin in the National Football League. But I think the overall tone this week is kind of what we said during the Gary Fensick uh, podcast. Ryan Poles continues to control the message and get a lot of reactions to how he has handled this uh, this period where he's presiding over the number one draft pick and hearing from teams interested in trading for it. Yeah, I mean, this is a stage right now, and Ryan Pace, I mean, sorry, Ryan Poles has been on that stage performing in some ways for the last week plus and, and, and trying to set himself up for the maximum success. You refer to this as a bridge week. A lot of times when we're crossing bridges in the NFL, it's just a leisurely stroll. You're kind of whistling, you know, enjoying the sun and the, the breeze. It feels like things are moving a hundred miles an hour on this bridge right now. Cars are whizzing past developments are happening. The bears are in the center of a lot of things. They've got a huge week coming up next week. And it, it just really feels like an active high paced environment right now. And it feels like Ryan Poles is crossing the bridge with a strut he is definitely a guy carrying himself with a lot of confidence he was referred to as a virtuoso 
by Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show, and he's getting a lot of attention and credit for. I think it's a little premature to be honest with you because he needs to actually execute the trade before he gets credit for doing so. But he sounds like a man, at least he's forthcoming, Dan, more so than I expected. And I, I wonder where this all is leading. The beginning of free agency is technically on March 15th. The tampering period, the legal tampering period begins on Monday. And I wonder if you're Ryan Poles, the hints that he has dropped along the way, do you covering him, knowing how he does drop hints, knowing how he communicates, do you expect them to make a deal before the start of the league year? I have to be honest with you. I'm a little skeptical of the the things that the Bears claim that they have in their pocket right now. And look, like to your point, I, I am a see it to believe it person. And I'm not quick to credit someone for forecasting the possibility of a trade that they think they might have. Go execute the trade. Show me the show me the picks you got back and then turn those picks into something and I'll start giving you credit. The reason I express some skepticism here is because teams around the league that are going to be interested in that number one pick are going to be interested in that number one pick because they want to take a quarterback. Well, the vetting process of quarterbacks is ongoing. The combine just ended last week. There are pro days coming up. There are going to be on-campus visits with these quarterbacks. There are going to be quarterbacks flying into facilities to do top 30 visits to state their case to teams on why they deserve to be the face of their franchise and their franchise quarterback. And so the homework process is going to move quickly in the month of March, but I don't think it's yet to a point where some team is calling Ryan Poles and being like, do not trade that pick. We need to have it now because there's too much homework that needs to be done. Thank you. That's all I've been saying all along. I, I, I think I would agree with Ryan Poles. If he is 100% sure that he can get a first-round draft pick in 2024 and a first-round draft pick in 2025 <laughs> for trading down, then I think, yeah, I would be cocky too. But, Dan, it hasn't happened yet. And no. so I wonder about this, this uh, you know, premature kind of reaction to what's what, what they think could happen and how confident he is. And this isn't, this isn't us kind of reading tea leaves. This is Peter King quoting – Ryan Pohl. Right. So this isn't something that the Bears can say, you know what? You guys made something out of nothing. You guys set the bar too high. This is Ryan Poles establishing where the expectation level should be. Two first-round draft picks in the future for moving down with the number one pick. If he doesn't get there, if he doesn't do that, he has defined this, uh, this, this project as something falling short of, of – its goal. And I think that is the dangerous part about this. It's great to be forthcoming. We love candor in this <laughs> business, but be careful what you're doing here because what you did is you just you just put the bar higher than maybe it needed to be for you. No question. And certainly higher than maybe you're able to clear. And obviously you can reason it out if you don't clear that bar and say, well, we didn't trade back as far as that offer was. And we got a, a premium player at number four or number five or number seven. Instead, there's a lot of ways you can explain this away, but I'm going to be really eager to learn again after the draft is over and the poker game is done and people can <laughs> you know, push away from the table and tell you what they really had in their hand to learn more, a lot more from inside that building at Hallis Hall and obviously around the league about, about what was actually out there and what, what, what the game was that was being played. Uh, the Bears have to find a way to get something out of this. They've got, they've got two phases here. And the first phase is free agency next week. And that's going to come in waves. And we can talk about that in a minute. And then the draft is beyond that. But you're entering a, a seven-week period where 
where the outside expectations are grand and the internal expectations are being set and announced publicly. And so now you better be able to step up to that plate and uh, and at least get on base, right? You better not be walking back to the dugout uh, with a called third strike and, and everyone wondering what the heck just happened. So before we get to our priority list of free agents, I, I want you to mark this down somewhere in the back of your head or on a notebook or whatever. We're not colleagues at the Tribune anymore, but if I were in that sports department, I would want you to do this after the fact. Remember last week, and this is what I want you to do in terms of the deep dive that you're so good at doing and taking, is that I want to be in the room when Jalen Carter was there on Tuesday night, the morning, the the night before the arrest warrant was issued for him. And I want to know what went on in that conversation between the Bears and Jalen Carter. That's one place I want to revisit at the end of all this. The other place is when he was talking to Peter King or even before that, what compelled Ryan Poles to be so bold and to be so open? This is a shift in personality. I, I think that we all can respect Ryan Poles, but for, for the way he's handled himself his first year or so on the job, he's likable. He is a confident guy. He's a young executive. But, Dan, what we just described is not what you typically see from a lot of executives establishing exactly what you know you're going to get before you get it. Why did that happen, and what what prompted the shift? And those those are the two things that I think I want more layers of context before we really know because the Jalen Carter thing is fascinating because I don't know where that's headed for the bears or everybody else. And the, uh, the revelation that you already have in your hip pocket, a promise to trade two future first round draft picks to move down in the draft to me, makes me skeptical. I'm happy to dive in on all of that for you. I'm happy to write it for the Chicago Tribune, as long as you can promise me that you can get me some days off uh, when we get to next offseason, when it's a little slower. Now that we're doing this okay. back and forth, okay. if you're going to give me assignments, then I'm going to have you kind of push for me to get a little bit more time <laughs> off. So, so I, don't we'll know if, shit. I don't know if you're aware, but my contacts at the Tribune aren't as plentiful <laughs> as they used to be. Okay, no, one, no one's are. No one's are. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on. So let's just remember that in the back of our head. So, free agency. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All of the stuff at the Combine was, yes, evaluating prospects. We know behind the scenes, when they weren't having these secret meetings, they were talking with agents. They were establishing uh, kind of expectation level there in terms of the marketplace demands. And I think that in around the league, I don't know what the level of surprise. In Chicago, I think it was almost like anticipation and excitement when we found out that the Kansas City Chiefs would not apply the franchise tag on Orlando Brown Jr., the left tackle who came into the league as a third-round draft pick with the Ravens, went to the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl, went from right tackle to left tackle, and now he's a free agent. Dan, any 
any free agent list wish list for the Bears to me starts with Orlando Brown Jr. Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. And I, I, I've written this for a piece that will go live later in the week at chicagotribune.com that while the Bears are stressing practicality and discipline and patience and all the things that we'll talk about at greater length in this episode, you have a very ho-hum free agent class according to most people in the league. If you're going to go into an offseason with a ho-hum free agent class, you better be able to pick off the top shelf at some point. And Orlando Brown is a proven Pro Bowl offensive tackle at a position of need for a quarterback who would like to feel a lot more comfortable in what is going to be a defining season in his career development. And so I think you have to take a big swing at that. Now, look, Ryan Poles has been very clear that he's going to have value buckets and he's going to have parameters on what he thinks guys in the free agent market are worth. And he's willing to be flexible to some extent on overpaying when it feels like it's right to overpay, but then there's going to be a ceiling on some of it. And so I'm going to be really interested to see how, how he approaches this specific player in the market, because the Bears should be able to come the hardest at a guy like Orlando Brown, Ryan Poles, who had one year of overlap with Orlando Brown in, in Kansas city should have some good inside Intel on what makes him tick and what he's good at, what he's bad at uh, all, all these other things that should be able to help negotiations. And so let's just see how they go through this, because I do think that if you're going to try to swing big and make one big splash, this certainly would be one that would make sense to a lot of people. You've dealt with this question probably on social media, maybe even on the air during your stint on 670. But when you hear people say, well, you know, we didn't have a great year. And if you watch the playoffs, he wasn't that productive. And you know what? He's uh, he's guy who took a step backward. Just look at uh, pro football focus. His grades aren't as good as some other guys. And he's not an elite offensive tackle. I have my own answers, but what's your first reaction? Well, my first reaction is show me the elite players on the Chicago Bears. The general manager was asked for them in January and said, maybe Cole Komet in a couple years. You know, basically that was the answer. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers here. And the Bears have to add um, reliable difference-making starters to their team. To Ryan has used the phrase stair-step. He wants to stair-step this thing up to a point where they can sustain success. Well, you have to start small. and You know, you have to, to start somewhere, I guess. And, and, and Orlando Brown would at least give you a level of confidence up front. Now, look, he can play both sides. I think if you were going to make an offer for him for a huge contract, you'd preferably want to play him on the left. You could hope that Braxton Jones could convert to the right. But if those guys felt like they had to switch sides, there's versatility with both of them to, to toy around with. And you just... You have to go do something. And if you're going to find, uh, you, you know, you're going to poo-poo one of the guys that's in the top five of every free agent, top 100 free agent list that there is right now for this class, well, then who are you going to be excited about when they go out next week and, and sign a bunch of bodies? He would instantly become your best offensive player at any position. He would be the most accomplished offensive player you bring uh, into your team, into the building. That's not saying a lot. I, I understand. Um, he would want probably north of $20 million. You do have close to 100 under the cap. So it's not as if you couldn't afford it. And I think everything is about alternatives. What is the alternative? Is it sticking with Braxton Jones? Is it going out and getting Mike McGlinchey at right tackle? Is it somebody else from the Jaguars or the Falcons or somebody else who might not have as high of a ceiling? I don't know, but I do think you have to aim big and be ambitious and you have to be consistent. And if Ryan Poles is, is going to be as ambitious and aggressive as he sounds when he's talking about the, the draft uh, capital that he's going to acquire, I want him to be take the same approach to free agency and swing big because I think Orlando Brown Jr. is a guy that wanted to play left tackle for Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs. He almost demanded it because he wasn't happy on the right side. If that's the guy that, you know, wants that role 
I think that you can pay handsomely and let him play that role in Chicago. By the way, we can talk about the ice rink that was in Glendale for the Super Bowl, but the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl uh, and didn't give up a single sack against a, a, a pass rush and an Eagles defense that had 70 during the regular season. And so on the biggest stage, they, they found a way to protect their best player and the best player in the league, and they won the biggest trophy there is. So, you know, look, like you, we can pick holes in everybody, and it's going to happen in free agency. It's going to happen in the draft, but you have to have, you have to start somewhere, uh, and it certainly would be one that I'd hope they'd be heavily involved in. And, and then, you know, David, there is a point where if some other team says, hey, we're one piece away, you know, and we're going to overspend, overspend, overspend. There is a point where Ryan has to say, look, like that's that's just too rich for my blood. And I'm going to step away and I'm going to find other answers in the form of, a you know, Juwan Taylor or, a, a, you know, a, a Caleb McGarry or Mike sure. McGlinchey. Those, those are all good alternatives. Those are better alternatives than anything they have right now. It just makes too much sense because he also is the right age. If you're talking about looking at the window for Justin Fields, if you're going to see it through, uh -huh. then Orlando Brown Jr. drafted in the third round of the 2018 draft is just about entering his prime theoretically, even though he has had a lot of success. The other pushback that I was surprised to get from some football people, a couple people that um, I know, and, and obviously this has been out there, I did wasn't aware on social media, the suggestion that the Bears don't have a great scheme or it's not a scheme ideal for Orlando Brown Jr., which to which I responded was, then change your scheme. If you can't find a way to make it work for a left tackle that is as accomplished as he is at his stage of his career, the way that you did for your quarterback who was special, then I don't know if you're getting the point of the exercise. But Tom Thayer, somebody who does know something about offensive line play, who does know something about offensive schemes, the Bears analyst – uh, joined the Mullen Haw show on Wednesday morning, and I asked him about scheme-specific things and whether or not that makes sense with Orlando Brown Jr. The thing I liked about Orlando Brown when he came aboard at Kansas City is he made the requirement that he played left tackle because they were bringing him aboard to see if he would play right tackle, and he said, no, I, this is the position I'm comfortable with. This is where my confidence lies, and you see the results of the last couple of years. Now, it isn't an anomaly when you're sitting there playing with an unpredictable, well, or super talented quarterback like Patrick Mahomes and more throughout the development of his career uh, a little bit farther along than Justin. So I think it would be, yeah, I mean, Orlando would know how to uh, figure in the development of Justin and also be a part of uh, – what they would hope to still be a, you know, a positive running game as much as anything that Justin's going to provide. So, you know, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be against Orlando Brown, and he would be an interesting guy to look at. I don't believe in it. I mean, you can play or you can't play. In scheme to an offensive tackle really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot of difference unless you're going back to the Mouse Davis run and shoot where you have to control fatigue as much as you as you do results of the play. So, you know, talking about uh, a scheme, you know, in, in terms of having an experienced offensive tackle and there's a scheme that the guy can play in and he can't play in, I don't buy that. I, I just – I don't know if that's just an excuse to, you know, overlook the guy or um, just something that – maybe somebody saying behind closed doors because I, I'm not a big believer in that. What you couldn't hear there, Dan, was Molly and I high-fiving. 
<laughs> That's, I mean, right? I, like, look, like Tom Thayer is as as uh, wise of an offensive line mind as you're gonna you're gonna find. Um, I think we're in agreement that that this is just something where the Bears have to be able to figure out a path into free agency that that upgrades their team. I think the, like the phrase that you've heard Ryan Poles use a lot is "move the needle." Well, that needle, David. Is that E right now? The Bears finished 2022 with 14 losses and the uh, owners of the number one overall pick. You've got to get that at some point in 2023, closer to half a tank for your championship drive. And, and you need players that move the needle, in Ryan's words. And, and Orlando Brown, I think, in my opinion, is a guy that would move the needle for you on offense. Okay, moving on to the other side of the ball, the defensive line, which I think is either priority one or one A. You know, you can make the argument it's a higher priority than the offensive line, even though there might be more uh, elite or talented players available on the offensive line. What do you think? I want to ask you about two guys who might be at the top of their list who would also be somewhat pricey uh, and might be out of the price range. So you have from the Broncos, a guy who fits ideally the three technique. We've talked about him before. Draymond Jones is out there. And from the Eagles, Javon Hargrave will be out there as well. Dan, what do you think about the pursuit of either one of those two guys? And what are you hearing? Well, Draymond Jones fits the Bears profile a little bit more just in terms of the age. You know, he's 26 years old and he's going to be uh, capable of having a run that that would allow you to have him as part of your core when it's time to be good. <laughs> you know, in 2023, isn't the Bears, the Bears time to be good. And so Javon Hargrave is now in his 30s. He's a great player. He's certainly worth kicking the tires on and, and, and figuring out if if that's something you want to do. But both of those players, again, are, are, are guys that would fill a need. You and I have been talking for months now about let, let's rebuild the trenches. Let's figure out what it looks like inside offensive line, defensive line. How can you stabilize this? football team in that way um and so both of those guys are certainly there now this is something we'll get into in a minute this volume of salary cap space that the bears have going into this free agent flea market is also accompanied by a volume of needs on their roster and one of the things that i think has gotten lost in the conversation is how many spots they actually need to fill you know you go look at how the salary cap space is is calculated and they at this point in the year they take the 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 top 51 contracts that are uh currently in your building well let me read you david some of these guys who are are in that formula right now in the top 51 for the bears it's names like jerry green kellen deesh donovan jeter aj thomas demarcus gates uh, Jake Tongies, Joe Reed, uh, you know, raise your hand as soon as I name somebody that you've heard of before. And I bring that up just to say that, look, like you have to supply the bottom of your roster just as much you have to, as you have to supply the top of your roster with players, with guys who can be competitive. You're going to add a draft class, maybe, you know, 10 or 11 deep in April that you're going to going to want to you're going to have to pay some of those guys. You're going to have to pay depth pieces and backups. And so I, I, I'm not poo-pooing the idea that the Bears have a ton to work with and they've got a ton of flexibility and freedom in free agency, but just know that they have a lot to do. And I say that because the, the, the more you listen to Ryan Poles and the more you hear the words discipline and patience and value come out of his mouth, you understand that he may be kind of tiptoeing into this thing and and, and not so hell-bent on, on buying headlines in the first week of free agency as he is playing the value game in the second wave of free agency and then trying to figure out how do we get this thing stable and sturdy so we go into the draft without as many glaring needs. It's an excellent reminder, and we'll have to remember that next week early on when we're doing this podcast and people are wanting us to uh, report some news and to analyze the signings, and it's like, well, not yet. 
Not gonna, <laughs> the, things are moving slower than you want. And, and I, I anticipate that. I think it's going to be more of a deliberate process. I don't know that they're going to jump in. And, and I even think with a guy like we talked about Orlando Brown Jr., there's going to be several suitors for him. It's right. going to take a while before I think he sifts through the offers and makes a decision. Your point about the bottom of the roster could not be more um, uh, relevant and something people also need to remember. The Bears 53-man roster right now is sponsored by Google. <laughs> you, you just don't know who these guys are without checking. It's like, where are these? Where'd they come from? And, and so they've got to keep that in mind as they replenish and restock. So, you know, we can talk about the top of the list, the priorities. And I, and I like – you know, I like Draymond Jones, but so so probably do 10 other teams. I, I like Javon Hargrave, but so do probably, you know, six to eight other teams who view him as the piece that puts them over the top. The age difference in them, 26 to 30, is, is, I think, important to remember because if you're polls and you want to bring people in who are still ascending and maybe not have peaked, you're not paying for past performance as much as you are for future production. That's the ideal. That's what every general manager wants, but you got to be especially careful if you're Ryan Poles. You're right. And and one of the things that Ryan has, has also said is that there's a time to strike in free agency. And the time to strike in free agency usually is when you are one or two pieces away and you're like, this is, this is it. Like, this is the one that puts us over the top. I call it uh, splurge and surge mode, you know, where, where you go out, you spend a bunch, and then you surge, you, you make that last little express, uh, express, Lane run at, at winning a championship. Well, the Bears are nowhere near there, and they have to keep themselves open for 2024 and 2025. And so you don't need to, to use all this salary cap space in 2023. You can keep yourself open. You have to remember that you've got some in, in-house homegrown talent and guys like Jalen Johnson and Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, who will probably want extensions sooner than later. In an ideal world, you see enough out of Chase Claypool in 2023 to want to extend him and get, you know, get back the return on investment of trading away that number 32 overall pick for his services. Oh, by the way, Chicago, as your imagination gets wild for you, you're going to have to keep an eye on the quarterback market this offseason because if Justin Fields becomes the player that most of the city crowned him as in 2022, guess what that's going to cost you? That's a mega deal on the horizon. And let me just tell you that, that guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to go into that marketplace this offseason and, and reset what top-tier quarterbacks in this league are worth. And so you have to if you're Ryan Poles, you have to be preparing for that, whether it's whether it's in the you know the summer or fall of 2024 or sometime in 2025. If Justin is your forever guy, you're going to have to pay him an awful damn lot of money to keep him here for a long time. And we also may be in the midst of redefining what a guarantee is on a contract and right. how much the right quarterback is worth guaranteeing to be continued. And that's those are great points. So I want to keep moving on in terms of positions and priority lists. But the last point I want to make about the defensive line wish list and priority list for the Bears is that I don't want to be a hypocrite here because I think that on offense is different. I don't think there's necessarily scheme specific left tackles or right tackles, even though some may fit better guys who are accomplished are accomplished. It's a little bit different and a little more subtle on the defensive side. I think only because you have a four, three that um, uh, the three technique specifically has a different skill set than say the nose guard in a three, four. So a lot of these guys do have scheme specific bodies or skill sets that make them more ideal for one defense over another. That's why I think a guy like Jones is ideal, the three technique for the Bears, that he might be in another defense. And that's something to keep in mind too when you're looking at and evaluating whether or not a guy might fit on the Bears roster. 
Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right in that. And, and, and look like there's, there's a lot of names on the defensive side of the ball and free agency as well. That would make sense for a defense that was really, um, you know, it was below average and it was quite frankly atrocious after Robert Quinn and, and Roquan Smith left. And so you've got to find pieces there to, to make sure that you can play competitive football. So let's look at the linebacker position, stay in defense for a while, because the front seven is something that I think the Bears really have to upgrade in a huge way. And it's going to cost them some money if they don't look at the draft as, as a means to you know immediately upgrade. Bobby Okereke is a guy that with the Colts, Matt Eberflus played or he coached and, and he played for a Flus with Indianapolis. And he's a guy that has been estimated, you know, a $10 million a year weak side linebacker where all the plays are going to be funneled in this scheme. Bobby Okereke, Dan, is he somebody that you see the Bears pursuing? And do you think that that would be a, a smart use of their money? Well, look, like the, the familiarity piece is obviously one that a lot of coaching staffs and front offices talk about when they when they unite with someone. You want to have some level of inside information on what makes a guy go and and, and what you can expect out of him when he's inside your building. I think when when you pronounce that very well, I'm, I'm very bad at pronouncing his last name, Okereke. Are yeah. we doing that correctly? Okay. You know, he came in and played really, really good football last year when Shaq Leonard wasn't able to, to play. And so you see a guy that took advantage of opportunity. That's what you're looking for is, is guys that, that seize opportunity. Um, you know, the Bears coaching staff has talked for a while now of like, look, let's find playmakers. You know, let's find guys that, that, that can do those things. And, and they also want to have a team that is capable of stepping up to the moment when, when, <laughs> when games are there to be won. And so if you feel like you're mad Eberflus and you've got some some good feelings about Okereke, then then yeah, for sure that's something you consider and and, and you go uh, you go see what it costs. Not to get too far off track, but it is uh, it does have to do with the linebacker depth chart. But I wonder as they sit around and they plan plot, plan and they plot, what do you think they have in terms of expectations for Jack Sanborn in 2023? Where is he on the depth chart? How much do you think they're counting on him? to take the step forward and maybe even be a, you know, preseason starter. I mean, look, it's a, it's a low risk dice roll for them. They got him as an undrafted free agent. They've got him in the building. They've developed him. They saw quite a surge when Roquan Smith was traded and, and his ability to step in and not be overwhelmed at all. And then be a playmaking linebacker like, like Jack Sanborn's never going to be, you know, a guy that, that turns YouTube, sets YouTube on fire or, or winds up at the Pro Bowl, but he can be a reliable starter for you. And I know he impressed a lot of people in that building with just the instincts that he had for the position. Those win you over. You're going to be in position to, at the minimum, compete for a starting spot in 2023. And, and, and you know, they gave him an opportunity to win a roster spot last year and look what he did. So, I, look, I, I think there's a lot of good feelings and good vibes inside the building on what Jack Sanborn showed them, um, you know, not only in that span where he got on the field and played during the regular season, but the way he worked himself toward that opportunity when no opportunity was promised. That's starting in rookie minicamp and OTAs and minicamp and training camp. There's a lot of things that go into the developmental process that put you in a position to succeed when your opportunity comes. And so when a guy like that takes that and runs with it and does what he does with it, of course, you're going to have the, the, the confidence of the people in your building. Let's go back to offense because playmakers are a priority as well. You'd want to rebuild your offensive line. But we all know they need to surround Justin Fields with more talent. Let's start with running back. My dream died. <laughs> My dream died when the Giants tagged Saquon Barkley. Okay, no video games for me in 2023. But David Montgomery may hit the open market. His his asking price may have been higher now that Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley have been tagged. I wonder what you think the Bears do at running back as well 
as well as wide receiver. Not that there's necessarily a deep group of wide receivers. Ryan Poles tried to get in front of that by trading for Chase Claypool. DeAndre Hopkins still has rumors surrounding his status in Arizona. Running back, wide receiver, what do you think the plan and priority list is, Dan? Hey, don't forget they re-signed Equinemius St. Brown in January. So you got that that in your back pocket as, as well. A re- He's a great blocker. I almost sent you flowers when the franchise tag was applied to Saquon Barkley. I felt bad for you with all the excitement you had for here, you know, the last five weeks or so for, for the possibility of that. I wish that I had cued studs to go get our initial conversation on this when I said, look, they're going to try to get Daniel Jones under contract. I know. They're going to throw the tag on Saquon. I know. I couldn't slow your roll on that, but now here we are. Here I think are. all along at the running back position, the Bears' hopes are you either bring back David Montgomery on a very team-friendly deal and the marketplace will dictate that, or you just look to the draft and you try to find somebody uh, in what is widely perceived as a pretty solid uh, running back class, particularly in the middle of the draft where the Bears would be taking one, uh, and, and, you, and you get your answer there. You, you don't have to go out in free agency and, and, and overspend for anybody, um, and then you can just see kind of how it goes. Wide receiver is a different game. I think you need help for Justin. And you have to play both free agency and the draft to that end. You're going to probably take 10 or 11 to camp with you. Uh, and and within there, you know, I, 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 I'm okay getting like a third wave veteran that you say, All right, let's see if we can get something out of them, right? Like somebody that's hungry, somebody that's got something to prove. Let's bring them in here. And then you also draft a, a player or two to, to, to compete. You need to bolster that core. But right now you're, you know, you're, you're hoping you get a lot out of Mooney. You're hoping you get out a, a lot out of Claypool. You're hoping that some of the things you saw very late in the season with Bayless Jones can translate into something that resembles a reliable every week role. And so, you, I don't know. You, I mean, you, you can go down the list of the, the, the names that are on the, the wide receiver free agent shelf and you just nothing, you know, Jacoby Myers is the headliner. And yeah, and I, yeah right. I mean, like this is not the, the class where you want to be swinging big Robert at Woods. those positions. Uh, yeah. You know, that, you know, that, that's, that's a guy like if you get him in third wave on a, on a prove it deal, you know, yeah, sure go after that you know like i think back to you know <laughs> there's there's names and, and we can get into some of this in a minute there's names from the ghost of, of christmas past on the bears free agent list where you're like oh yeah he was a bear for a little while think about victor cruz when he rolled in here as a as a you know veteran D- didn't make the team Great but for, for a couple months it was like oh this is cool we got a guy that's done some big things on a big stage right. that, that that we can at least try out and see if there's anything left in there so i think that's some of the game that they're going to be playing so in regard to big names and guys who may be even ex-Bears, I have to ask you this as we talk about and, and start to wrap up our free agent priority list. Is Robbie Gold on yours? <laughs> would he be a guy that you would pursue? Cairo Santos, he struggled at times. And I'm going to keep asking this question until it's, it's, it's adequately answered because I just don't know what the Bears are thinking. And I do think Robbie Gold might be open. I don't know this for for. For, I have no inside <laughs> information. Robbie is not texting me to tell me he's dying to come back to Chicago, but I would suspect that he might be dying to come back to Chicago. I, he likes it here, and I think that there would be a, a certain symmetry in seeing him end his career as a Chicago Bear, as the all-time leading scorer. What do you think? What year was it that Robbie danced that dance uh, a few years ago when he was trying to uh, – set a market that he, you know, he wanted to come back to Chicago. He wound up signing, signing a big contract in San Francisco. I, it's three, four years ago. I can't remember the exact year, but you remember what it was. Yeah. Um, 
here's my issue with that. And, and, and with all due respect to Robbie and his accomplishments and all that he's done, he's a luxury item for this team in its current state. This okay. team is not a kicker away from doing anything magical. So like that has to be the last thought that you have, particularly when you've got a guy in the building that you think kind of righted himself at the end of the year and you can rely on and you, you, you can play with, but like kicker is so far out of the, the, peripheral vision of Ryan Poles right now with everything else that he has to patch up uh, that I just, I just don't know that you can spend a lot of uh, resources trying to go fix that position when you've got so many other things that make a difference to trying to be competitive, right? Like we, they've got to, they've got to get themselves relevant and competitive again, and not just in the months of February, March, and April. All right, let's look around the national football league. Dan, tell me if this, if these things affect the bears or not, Aaron Rodgers hosting the jets brass in yeah. California, talking yeah. about working out a trade Lamar Jackson being basically uh, tagged by the Ravens, but the victim, if you want to call it that of potential collusion by the rest of the league, because you have teams that are, you know, racing to their uh, chosen reporters to say they're not in on Lamar Jackson for whatever reason, because, Hey, a former MVP entering his prime doesn't appeal to teams in a league where all that matters is the quarterback. Uh, does that matter? And also the way that Derek Carr went to new Orleans to sign with the saints over um, the jets and, and other teams. Uh, there's a third quarterback component there, there, there's a lot of stuff going on with the quarterback. Does any of it aff- affect the bears? Well, certainly Aaron Rodgers flirtations with the New York jets affects the bears. Aaron Rodgers has been here for 15 years, 16 years as a starter tormenting the Chicago bears and their fans. If he goes to New York, there is going to be a civic celebration bigger than whatever parade goes on downtown for St. Patrick's day this weekend, you know, die yeah. the river, die the river green and throw it in there. I'm disappointed in you that you didn't uh, introduce him as friend of the podcast, Aaron Rodgers, after all the time he gave to to us uh, not that long ago. And so we have to at least make sure that, that, that we throw that out there. But yes, Aaron Rodgers leaving the division and the Packers saying, yeah, Jordan Love is the third in the the trilogy of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Okay, sure. Let me see that one. Mr. Wait and see, see it to believe it. I think the Packers, you know, better be ready for what the next 15 to 20 years of their existence might be in this situation. So that, that's an effect. I'll get on to Lamar unless you had some, right, some quick pushback. Question. Quick question. Do you think that Aaron Rodgers leaving the division changes in any, any way Ryan Poles' timetable? He sounds like somebody patient, sustained success, not overreact. He's going to go slow and steady. Do you think that him leaving the Packers would change anything about that? Not this year. Not this year. You know, I think they still want to understand that, you know, Ryan has said it over and over again. He says, I, I understand the impatience of Bears fans. They haven't had sustained success in however long um, they want to win a playoff game <laughs> more than once every 12 years, whatever it is. But even more agitating than that is when you have this one year blip of success and then you fall off the cliff like the bears have done after 2001 and 2006 and 2010 and 2018, you know? And so, so his goal of building a, a team that can sustain success is very important to him. And so 2023 is all about being methodical and stair-stepping it. And then if, if the division shows you, you know, at the end of this year, Whoa, this thing is right there for the taking and never giving backing. <laughs> then, then you go ahead and you get more aggressive in that regard. What do you think about the Lamar Jackson situation? You know, there's a lot to sift through there. I do think that people have to understand that this isn't just um, trying to find a way to offer Lamar Jackson a contract. It's offering Lamar Jackson a contract that he would find acceptable, which is apparently requires a lot of guaranteed money along the lines of the, the Deshaun Watson deal, which a lot of teams around the league are going, whoa, like we saw really quickly how dangerous and, and uh, you know, 
I, I guess I don't know what the other word would be for that is just kind of risky that that can be. The other part is if you if you if you give Lamar Jackson an offer sheet and the Ravens go, oh yeah, sure, we're willing to match that. Well, now you're giving away two first round picks, you know. And so I think teams would prefer um, to try to figure out some other options there to, to to see if they can answer that position without having to give up as much, you know. Now the, the counter argument to that is, well, people are saying that there, you know there's going to be teams that <laughs> give up two first round picks to the Bears to go roll the dice on Bryce Young, who's not a, a you know an MVP uh, who's, who's had, you know, record setting seasons as a runner and thrown for 35 touchdowns and everything else that Lamar Jackson has done. So that's going to be an interesting saga to keep an eye on. Obviously the, the, the Ravens got one deal done with a player that didn't have an agent in Roquan Smith. They've had a lot harder time with their, with their quarterback. Um, and it doesn't really feel like there's a, a clean sort of solution to this anywhere in sight. And we mentioned it. You mentioned it because you were bragging because you predicted it. <laughs> Daniel Jones did get the contract extension from the giants, uh, four years, $160 million. That's a lot of dimes for Danny Dimes. Do you think that in that context, what he means to that franchise, given his coach, is that overpaying or is that just the price of playing poker? Just the price of playing poker. Um, now, my prediction here, and you can take note of this and I'll we can mark replay it. this. All right. uh, Daniel Jones won't see the end of that four-year contract he's not going to be the Jets starting quarterback at the end of 2027 I just don't see that given the body of work you don't think he's gonna be starting for the Giants next four years no I don't think no I don't I don't this league comes at you fast at that position and I understand Brian Brian Dable worked some magic with him last year but there's he's going up he's ascending and you know what he's doing on the way up he's hiding the football you can't see it now you see it now you don't (laughs) is a magician with the football when he plays brisker when, yeah, I was gonna say when he plays the Bears. Yeah, now, now let's let's put him up against some higher level competition. Okay, Studs, okay. timestamp this. This is gonna be a great, great uh, clip <laughs> to, pull, to pull back in uh, February of 2027 I, and see where we're at. I, I have grudging respect for Daniel Jones. I did not go into this season thinking I would end it by thinking, yeah, they should keep him. But you know what? I understand why they're keeping him. You talk about a marriage between a coach, a scheme, and a quarterback a smart quarterback. I think this is the yeah. perfect marriage for now, maybe not in four for years, but you know, four years is an eternity in the NFL. I agree. It's a signing you have to make because you had the surprise surge, you know, in Brian Dable and Joe Shane's first year. And so you have to make sure you make good on that and march forward with it. I just, yeah, I mean, this, this league is crazy with the way quarterbacks fall off. You know, great quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, ask them, you know, about the last 12 months of their life and then think that Daniel Jones isn't uh, possibly right next to the cliff on, on on some of those things. We'll see where it goes. Speaking of crazy things, I'm worried now about how the Bears brain trust stacks up in the division. Breaking news out of Detroit. John Fox, Foxy, <laughs> joining Dan Campbell on the same staff. Boy. That is going to be a fun meeting room uh, in Detroit. Little surprise, Foxy's going back. I know he spent some time in Indianapolis uh, as a consultant, as an assistant, whatever the case may be. Um, Social manager, I don't know what he was doing in Indy, but he's now in Detroit on the Lions staff. What do you think? He waited till after the hard knocks cameras were gone, which is a a disappointment to all of us because behind the scenes, Foxy is a much more entertaining and uh, colorful John Fox than the one that we saw at the podium for three seasons, feeding us gibberish and saying, that's all a problem. Is that Uh, all? 
preseason was that all? <laughs> I guess it was. Yeah. But yeah, right. but, but yeah two, three, four. Tressman, Fox, yeah. Nagy, yeah. and now we'll see where Flus okay. takes it. Um, yeah. So good luck to Foxy. He's back in the division. Hopefully, we'll cross paths with him twice a year. Pick his brain on a thing or two. Uh, maybe uh, see how he feels about the current state of the Bears. All right. Well, we have plenty to say about the current state of free agency. We'll continue to update this pod as things develop. But we wanted to break down the free agent priority list before we get to the weekend. And there's plenty of news ahead. We may even add a couple pods next week as things develop. Dan, anything else we missed uh, out or left out? I want to give you one quick exercise before we set you okay. free. All right. I've been on the beat for 10 years, which means 10 free agency classes have passed. This will be number 11. I want you to name a year uh, at some point in the last 10 years, and I will go read you the list of names, You know, top seven or eight guys that the Bears acquired in free agency. This is just a, a kind of an annual exercise so that people understand what we're talking about when the Bears start rolling guys up to the dais at Hellas Hall uh, in the coming two weeks. So you want me for next time? No, no, right now. Okay. I'll rattle off a handful of names, but just give me give me three years from the last 10, and, I, and I'll right. tell you who they're big free agents. 2016, 2018. All right, perfect. All right, we're going to start with 2014. Again, as a reporter, you always remember where you were when some of this went down. Remember the surprise Jared Allen signing when yeah. Phil Emery stalked wow. him at the at the owners' meetings in, in, in Lamar Houston, Ryan Mundy, Jimmy Clausen, Josh Morgan, Adrian Wilson, Austin Lane, Danny McRae. That's your 2014 Bears free agency headliner. Woo! All right, now do 16. How those do? 2016, Danny Trevathan. That was one of the, the, the better uh, free agent signings that Ryan Pace had. Bobby Massey, Jarrell Freeman, Akeem Hicks. Not a bad class there. Manny Ramirez, Ted Larson, Brian Hoyer. Manny How do you feel Ramirez. about that one? Wow, I think he was a great <laughs> hitter. One of the best right-handed hitters ever. How about 2018? 2018 gave you the wide receiver duo that was supposed to take Mitch Trubisky to the next level, Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel. It gave you Trey Burton, uh, he of the infamous playoff disappearance in a playoff game that was then lost by fellow 2018 free agent signing Cody Parkey, who kicked the kickoff. That I think it was the left upright and then the crossbar, and then they called it something in the Bears. Okay, never- we get it. <laughs> Chase Daniel. Oh, Chase Daniel and Aaron Lynch. Anyway, just a small sampling of what these Aaron classes. Lynch. Tend to be. Oh God! All right, listen. Notre Dame guy. Yeah, Notre sort Dame of, guy. Sort of. Sort of. He started there and finished elsewhere. I have plenty to say on the past free agent classes, but I have to go. I have to watch some tape to find out if Orlando Brown Jr. is scheme specific for the Chicago Bears. While so you're I at it. Pull up that 2014 tape of Danny McRae and figure out whether that was a good signing for the Bears at safety or not. I liked Ryan uh, Mundy, right? That's yeah. Ryan Mundy. He was great on the radio. I loved Ryan Mundy. He was, he was a good guy, guy award winner too, yeah. Yeah, he was definitely a thoughtful Chicago Bear. Okay, this was fun. We're going to wrap things up. We'll be back uh, on Monday talking Bears and talking about the free agent class. We'll see what we have and see what happens and react accordingly. For Dan Weederer. I'm David Haw. Thank you for listening to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out at 670 Sports YouTube page. Thanks for listening. Great talk. See you out there.